This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for listening. I am Jess, and good morning to Elsie. Hello, Why? hello, hello. Was that a weird way to open? I should have just said hi, Elsie. I know. I haven't seen you in so long. It's like all of a sudden you're a different person. You went to the beach. You came back another person. Another angrier, bitter, sadder person. Oh, no. We don't want that. No. No, we don't want that. But that is what it is. No. It is... Sadly, what it is. It just wasn't very much of a vacation. Uh, it was oh, a lot of work. I'm sorry. It was a lot of work and a lot of me tending to what other people wanted and needed. And I didn't really get to have what I wanted and needed, which was like just an hour to myself to do what I wanted without anyone touching me or asking me questions. Mostly Isaac. But Isaac was delightful. He loved every second of the beach. He loved the ocean. I mean, he did not love the ocean. He loved the bay. Because it was there's no waves at the bay. He he caught he caught a fish. He found a crab. He laid down in the sand and made sand angels. He pounded a crab at dinner and pulverized it to non recognition. Oh my gosh. I know he really likes to kill bugs and animals like he is. I mean, not in a psychotic torturing kind of way, but like in a ooh, that's gross. Loving kind way. In a loving. No. I just want to smash the crap out of a no, bug like kind he, of like way. A lot of kids are like, ooh, yucky. But he's like, there's a fly. <laughs> and he just oh, smashes it with his own hand. Yeah, that wouldn't work in our house, as you know. No, I as know. you know, we grab them. We grab all of them. And we allow them to go out. I don't tell him to do it. It's instinct. Yeah, you're talking right. to a person that trapped a rat and drove it out of town. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had a millipede in the sink yesterday, and I was like, oh, my God, there's a millipede. And he goes, kill it, Mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, that we, is much. Oh, gosh. No, we got we grab all of the spiders, all of the wasps that are getting in the house, and we try to gently just... Place them outside. Yes, you're very Except, kind. Yes, we are kind of that kind of family. Other than the weird gnats that are coming out from underneath the sink, which is kind of disgusting. It's like I clean the bathroom and it's like it is spotless. I'm so proud. But then when you go back in in the morning, like in the tub, there's all of these dead gnats like on the and, the, and they come out from underneath the sink, like not the sink, but the drain. What is that? What I is don't that? Know. That's kind of gross and very weird. Bugs are gross. And I'm really ready for summer because we've had like a, not a major, but sort of a minor fruit fly problem. And uh -huh. just enough where you can't tell if you're seeing floaters because you're tired or if there's a bug in your face kind of thing. Yes. Um, so yes. I would, no, like, the cold, I would yeah. like the cold to come and make them go away now. You know, I have to say fruit flies are another one of those bugs that... I 
just can't deal with. They are so annoying. They are so annoying. God only put them on the planet to annoy us. And you know when you you know how you swat bugs, of course, like you swat them away from your stuff. Like you're just like, here, move. Like, and you swing. Fruit flies don't get that. Fruit flies actually do the opposite. Like you swat them away, they dive into whatever it is that they were about to go into. And yeah, it irritates me to no end. I hate I know. I do not like fruit flies. (sighs) Me neither. They're a bunch of dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. (laughs) Um... So, all right. Well, I'm happy that you're back. And then did you enjoy did you enjoy a little bit of the sunshine? Did you enjoy any of the food that you got to eat? I had three days of sunshine and we would do the bay in the morning. And then my Isaac's cousins had to take a nap. They're a little younger than him. And then we went to the pool and swam till four and then had dinner and then hung out. So the first couple of days, my dad and Scott's mom were there. And Nate and Isaac and myself. And then my dad left and then my sister-in-law came. And that's when it rained. It rained. She came Thursday night, rained Friday and Saturday. Saturday morning is when Scott got there. And then we came home Sunday. So like, yeah, the rain kind of put a damper on what I wanted to do, which was go to this place, Jungle Gyms, which is like lazy river, wave pool, water slides. I thought that would be really fun. But mother nature wasn't nice and then saturday and also mm. it wasn't just huge like it wasn't just raining it was hot have you ever been in like a mm. hot sticky it was gross gross you do you remember that i was born in El Salvador? Oh, yeah you live in north carolina and also right you live in El- right and right, i live in north carolina gross. as okay. well so yes <laughs> Okay, you're the expert on hot and gross. All right, well, so you know, it was terrible. Um, But yeah, I did enjoy the weather. I got a little browner. And then like I we had lovely dinners. And I yeah, and Isaac was the food Did I enjoy the food. I mean, I went to three different candy stores. So that should tell you how much I enjoyed it. Like there were Snyder's, there was Kildare's. And then there was Candy Kitchen. And we infiltrated all three and bought all the things. I bought a turtle. Do you know what a, you know what a turtle is, you, you guys? A turtle is normally a chocolate-covered cluster. Are you talking about candy? Yeah, yeah. It's like a chocolate-covered cluster of nuts with some kind of caramel keeping it all together. Well, mm-hmm. this place had clusters the size of a hockey puck. And it's mostly... It was a cashew oh, cluster. Wow. And then... There's just like a pool of caramel dipped in chocolate on the top. But it's like, even that looks like the size of a hockey ball. It's the biggest thing I've ever seen. So I just bought one. I haven't even eaten it yet. I'm afraid. It's so big. I'm afraid it's going to break my teeth. But it looks awesome. And then <laughs> yeah, you'll get stuck and you won't be able of, to speak for. Yeah, yeah. I need to make a dentist appointment first. And then um, huge thick slices of fudge, chocolate covered pretzels. Um, what did Isaac get that he loved? Oh, something called Spanish licorice, which is like not a Twizzler, but like a kind of like red vine texture on the outside. And then on the inside, it's kind of like Smarties. Have you ever heard of that? Why is that, that is Spanish bizarre. licorice? No, I don't know. I have no idea. Because well, it's sweet uh, and tart like the Spanish people. I don't know. No, that is that true? <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't know, but Isaac no, loves I, it. It's delicious. And then he liked he wanted sour gum. I mean, we didn't eat it all at one time. We still I still have most of what I just described to you. We eat like a tiny piece at a time. But it was just fun to shop in there. Ah, we went shopping in the outlets. It was good. 
I mean, I will. I mean, it was good for being the worst vacation I've ever had in my life. It was good. Oh, great. Well, 43 years awesome. old. And I'll say what I said yesterday on Brilliant Observations. I'm 43 years old. I've been on a ski trip with 20 other people who knew how to ski with my family who did not know how to ski. My sister fell. My father broke his ankle and I had the flu. And that was still a better vacation than this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Boom. Awesome. So there you have it. That's okay, though. We live. We learn. We move on. We have some interesting stuff to talk about today, I think. Some yeah. new shows coming out and some tools. And Shall we move to some news? The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. <laughs> All right. Yay. Yeah, so you put this in here. What is a podcast producer yeah yeah everyone has a different definition don't they they do but i think that you know one of the things that i i've i feel very strongly about especially educating our community is the fact that there's a lot of what i've seen lately is that there's a lot of our women that are looking for essentially a va right a va for their podcast where they want to outsource all of the things that are annoying to them which which is completely great because i you know that's that's exactly what we would advise for somebody who wants to really grow an audience as well to some degree right but they are putting what i've seen uh, lately is sort of like, can I have somebody just put an intro and an outro to my show, please? And then can you do my show notes? And that I also need somebody to do a little image for my show and to schedule the things out. And so, but I, and I also, and it, you know, so I don't really need very much. What's the going rate for that? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, right. um, that's a lot of work. And it's also, I feel different people that can take care of some of that stuff. True. And I think that what people are, are thinking about is that if you are wanting somebody to sp- slap together your show, and it essentially that's what it sounds like, put the intro and the outro f- on for me and put it out. I think anybody can do that. Anybody can totally do that, that you don't even really need a podcast producer. I'm sure you can have somebody who is a, a competent uh, VA to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that a podcast producer actually requires a little bit more information and they do I feel need to be paid more and they do have their hands in there a lot more than indeed uh, somebody who just puts in the intro and the outro can I just step in a little bit on that would you yes uh, okay so for putting an intro and outro and then and then putting your podcast together I don't think that any – I shouldn't say – I mean anybody can do it. Anybody on can, Fiverr can do anybody, that. Can, can anybody do it well? I mean when you're looking well, at – Well, that's doing, what I'm saying, Yeah, John. what you're looking that's at – That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you want someone that can process your audio, that someone can uh, maintain the same loudness throughout the show. Uh, if there's problems with some audio that they can fix that. I mean if you just want somebody to – make up a template and put your intro outro and then just throw your show in there. Yes. But a lot of times I'll hear shows and the intros are really, really loud. And then the, the body of the show is soft. And then 
If they have a commercial come in, you know, it blows the speakers out of your car because it's loud. So that part of it, I think, is a little bit more specialized. The thing where I find people is it's very hard to write in somebody else's voice for show notes. That's where I think somewhere you would have to pay more than just a VA. I don't know. That's And then the image thing, it's all, honestly, it's all specialized. Yeah, I think it is. I agree with you. I think it, but I also feel that there's a lot of VAs out there who are skilled in copywriting mm-hmm. and are skilled in making graphics. And so there is, and they've done this a lot. So they kind of know the, the system a little bit better, meaning that there's a lot of people who require those types of duties, copywriting and like, and creating graphics and all that kind of stuff versus somebody who's who's creating audio or is processing audio. And when I say you can slap the intro and outro together and put the thing in the middle, the thing is people don't understand what you just said. Therefore, that's where it starts to become more about being a a producer of the show where you can really listen to a show and go, wow, the levels are really off. What do I need to do to fix this? Because a lot of the time, most people don't even care. And or that they feel like they don't really um, understand the the minutia of what it takes to to make sure that you take out like mouth noises and too many ums and uhs and things like that. Uh, silence. Um, how to make sure that the transition sounds great. How to make really good cuts so that if you are cutting a piece, you can get somebody in a sentence with the proper breath, so it doesn't sound like a weird cut because I'm sure all of us have heard that in the past. Like there's many times when I wait and I look and I see when there's a breath there, I leave that breath in because it sounds like a regular conversation. Even if I cut like a huge chunk in the middle, it still sounds good. And I feel that that really requires somebody else. So in this, in this article that I have here, it's from resonate recordings.com and it's called five roles of the podcast producer. And they kind of do it, in a succinct way, maybe you may agree or may you may disagree with some of this stuff with some of the things, especially with John. John, you do a lot for us that I, I do believe fits into this. And there's some things that he you obviously don't do, but this is how it's it's set up here. One of them is creative vision. The other one is oversee the overall production. Coordinate the interviews is number three. Obviously, we don't have any. Post-production and then lastly, it's team manager. So all of these things have, like, I do believe, John, you have a really big hand in, in the creative vision of the show. And I feel that part of it is that you know us so well that you're able to then give us constructive criticism. You're able to actually make us sound better. You take things off that are kind of taking us off topic. And I'm not saying like, you cut things out that are not um, that we shouldn't have on the show. But I'm saying like you just make it streamlined. You do oversee the overall production. You make sure that you're that everybody's on like right now with all of these things that we're recording and you having to deal with my bandwidth issues. There's a lot of things that you make sure that we do. And and that really helps as well. Um, when it comes to coordinating the interviews, you actually have helped a lot with making sure that you talk to my guests and whatnot, whenever we do have somebody that comes in as a co-host, generally speaking, not when I make um, mistakes about scheduling, 
<laughs> you, you also help us coordinate the interview and whatnot, and of course, the post-production. Um, and I think the team, you know, manager, you've done a little, a good job doing that too, railing, you know, Jessica and myself in. So all yeah. of those things are really great. Yes, I am. I am a Jessica Wrangler. You are a true producer. For- <laughs> all right. So, it, you know, it's funny you said that because I did not record the episode with you and Liz. So the funny thing was that when you went to start the show, you said, okay, Liz, you clap and then I clap to sync it up. And then, then she clapped and then you clapped. Well, so what happens is the clap <laughs> has – one clap has to be on both tracks. That's how you sync. So if, if you clap and she claps and it, it's not on both tr- – and not one of the claps are on both tracks – it doesn't work. So what happened was you clapped and then she clapped. And I go, oh, look, they synced it for me. So then I put them together. And when I put them together and I went to listen to the audio, you guys were talking over each other. I'm like, it's like they can't even hear each other. Then I realized that you clapped um. and then she clapped. So when I lined it up, I misaligned everything. So I had to go back and do oh. it. So if uh, so here's a little t- a tech tip. When you go to sync somebody – what has to happen is one person has to take their headphones and put it over the microphone. The other person has to clap. So that clap goes on your mm-hmm. microphone and your audio and their audio and in their in their audio track too. That spike then can be lined up and then it can be sunk together, synced together, excuse me. The other thing you can do is that you can count backwards to five and then your guests can get come in at three. So you go five, four, and when you get to three, they go three, two, one. That gets you close enough. But it was right. funny when I put it together and I, I started listening. I was like, Are, were they drinking? Uh. They're talking over <laughs> each other. And it took me about 10 minutes to figure out that the sink had not worked correctly. So, oh, but it's funny. Sweet. Well, we tried. <laughs> we tried. We did it. Mm. And also, I had just, because it might as well continue ch- chatting a little bit about my new setup because. Um, that's something that we found out. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were recording and in, we had, uh, we recorded an entire show yet again, right? Giving our time and our resources to each other here. And I found out that the SD card that goes inside of my H6 essentially died. So even though the recording was there, it wasn't fully there. Like even the data wasn't written to it properly. I could not transmit it into my computer. Like I couldn't even take it out at all. So, and I didn't have a backup. And so what I did immediately after we finished is I finally went out and I purchased the ATR 2100, which is what I'm recording in right now. And that is actually going inside into my H6. So I'm recording locally into the H6. But since the ATR 2100 also has a USB input, I have that going into my computer. And I am also recording into the computer at the same time. So it's got two outputs. And so I have two separate recordings of the same thing. So if something does happen to one of these two things, I still have at least another backup somewhere where it is actually on mic because I just was like, no, not again. I know it is terrible. And then I, on this side, I'm recording your audio, but it is phone quality. So let's say if everything went bad and we really needed to use this, it would just sound like you were on the phone. 
It's not horrible, yes, but it could be used in a in a pinch. Yeah, and and I agree, and 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 then you know even listening to some of the NPR procaster type shows, which I've I've listened to like a couple of new ones lately, some of them that are coming from public radio. And I am really surprised that a lot of the time the host is absolutely on mic, of course, but the person who that they're interviewing is absolutely on the phone. It is it is phone quality. There is nothing else to that. And the other thing that I've noticed, John, and I'm not I don't think you listen to too many of these of these type of shows, but what I've listened to is that they also don't they also keep like they don't ever do any editing on the host's track. So what ends up happening is when the guest is talking, you hear typing, rustling, moving around and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's like I mean, I do. I mean, I there's times I get lazy and I don't want to deal with that stuff. So I leave it in or but I've been trying to do a lot better with the feed and trying to remove all of that. Whenever I'm talking, I make sure that I I mute um, Rob's track so that unless he's actually talking and stuff like that. But I'm really surprised that they leave all that extra rustling in there. I guess what happens in the, in those type of shows is it's more and usually if you're listening to the host is on mic and then the guest is usually a calling guest. So we're used to hearing that. So it right. doesn't bother us. I get sure. a little nervous was when I hear them both on the phone. That's when I am. That's usually when I click out, like when they both sound like they're on right. the phone. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I'm a little <laughs> stickler for audio because I don't like it when If I'm driving in the car and I have to jack it way up and and then that drives me crazy. So the loudness to me and the overall loudness of the the show, I I feel is very important. Cool. Yes. But if there's I know. Cool. She says. So if there's any if you guys want to read that article, it's actually really good. Uh, Check it out in the show notes. Again, if you want to read our show notes, you you, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or if you're listening on Overcast or Castro or Pocket Casts, if you look inside of your app, if you tap usually on the screen, you can see it kind of changes and you can get access to the show notes there and all the links are there. If you can't find that, this is episode 206 of She Podcast. And you can just go over to ShePodcast.com and look for episode 206 and you'll be able to find all the links there. So our next thing that we have is this um, three women are launching a new network thing here that I found on Vulture and they've been getting a lot of coverage. Uh, have you read this, Jess? It's I have read it about it, yeah. Kind of I don't know how I feel about it. I wonder, I kind of wonder what all the coverage is about, to be honest. Like, Lots of people love launch podcast networks. Yeah, but I think it's because of the um, the how do you say it? The uh, name is it the name like the clout clout of these women who have been around for a while and they've gotten together. And, yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, do, they and also they have a Kickstarter. It really is about that. It, so it's not necessarily that it's new. But it's now more, I guess, more serious. So the tagline is podcast by women for everyone. No creeps allowed. And they're doing it. They're launching it via Kickstarter. The Kickstarter has video from Seth Rogen, Jenny Slade, Jack Black, Gabori Sidibe. So like it's kind of, yeah, I mean, they must know a lot of people. They must be pretty famous on the back end. Yeah, no, they have a lot of um, and I think that they've they've really kind of pushed this forward 
One of the quotes that they have in here, it says, we wanted to create a place where the creative women we knew could make great things that wouldn't necessarily fit on the slate of the handful of podcast networks that exist at the moment. Iarios scratches an itch I had when I was an agent to discover new talent and unveil it to the world with a knowing you're welcome. Matu added, this platform will be a great opportunity to nurture so many unique voices that we've had our eyes, ears on for years, end quote. So they they say that they they want their Kickstarter to get to twenty five thousand dollars to make this go. It's pretty exciting. So I wonder, what do you really feel is a podcast network necessary? I mean, I understand unless the network is known, does it really do anything? I mean, a bunch of podcasters could get together and promote each other's show on their shows and basically make a network. I mean, what does a podcast network really do? At their caliber, the answer is yes. At our caliber, the answer is no, it does nothing. But because they're famous and they have famous friends, it does make a difference because joining that network is going to be a newsworthy person joining a newsworthy network that was founded by newsworthy people. Whereas like the average podcaster is not particularly newsworthy. Like one of my clients had the hoo-ha-ha network reach out to them, which is a comedy network run by Elizabeth Banks. Right. And I never heard of it before. But it's a big deal. It is yeah, a big deal. Apparently, it's a big deal. So, hoo-ha-ha is awesome. And so, here's the thing, though, John, and I know that uh, we've had a conversation about some of this stuff too. But this is actually where I, a uh, first, uh, uh, on a first kind of glance at this, I was kind of thinking about the same stuff. Like it's we've we've had this happen before, but now knowing what I know more since I've been kind of speaking on some of this stuff more, here's one of the things that said in this article, it says, quote, there's a podcast out there for everyone, but nearly all of the networks that host, develop, and promote your favorite shows are run by men. And I know that this is actually really important. Like before, this wasn't such a big thing. But then when, you know, whenever I, when I went to podcast movement and you look at the panels, it's all this, like all of the podcast hosting companies, essentially the representation for a podcast hosting company it's is a man, particularly in radio. It's like one of the comments that I heard from somebody that came to watch my panel with the, with the radio CEOs there, which were all women, uh, essentially whispered over to, to like Jacob's Media, or I think, or Beasley or something like that when they were leaving. Well, if a bomb fell here right now, all of the women in radio would be be written would be dead <laughs> like it, there wouldn't be any because essentially even though it was We'd a, get you all in one felt swoop yes exactly and and it's not it's not that there aren't and, and i think now the conversation isn't anymore around are there any women podcasters we know that there are there are so many the problem i think the biggest issue i see now is that there aren't any women executives there are no women or representation in the executive levels here to make these decisions. So regardless, a man is making these choices. It doesn't matter. So it still has to be sort of like uh, everything has to go through the lens of that. And it actually matters because there is like a sense of not understanding. And 
and especially now when you start to see like all of these networks that are being created, it's it's still the same. Um, even like people like like Gimlet, Gimlet Media is run by men as well. I mean, obviously there's women in there too, but and at the executive level, the ones that hold the power, the ones that are developing the shows, the ones that are um, actually wanting to get this stuff out there. And in fact, uh, it's the same thing, not just for podcasting, though. This is a big criticism that also often comes back to Apple. Um, it's it's the, the technological companies. There are very little women executives in almost any power positions in some of these larger companies out there. So that's what this conversation starts to move around. So if this is the case, it would be great to be able to have more women executives and get to a, posi- a place where it's not like, oh, we have to get those ladies from Iran. I can't even say the name of the thing. Yarios to come and be on the panel because we need some women. Now we have a female network. Yay, we could just call them to come over here and talk, you know? So do you think that in the future we'll have niche networks where we'll have women running networks, men running networks, people, comedy people running networks? I know Sonny Galt uh, has a network, Parents on Demand, where all the podcasts there are all about parenting and different uh, seasons of of parenting and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I'm all for, you know, niching up and something like that, because this way, you know, if what you're interested in, you can go and find many shows like that. Uh, I, right now it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I do. I do think that it's a good idea. Mind you, it's not as easy as you think. I mean, look at what with own and Oprah with her network, how many years was it till she was, I think I just read an article that essentially it was hard work for even for Oprah to really get who her audience was, what they wanted to listen to, what they wanted to watch, what they wanted to read, what they wanted to engage with. It took years upon years of development and audience acquisition and and communications between all levels of 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 conversations with advertisers as well as with audience as well as with channels as well as with partnerships to figure out what was actually what they were actually building what was the intention um it's i wish i could find that article if i do find the article it will be in the show notes but uh it's not an easy again it's not an easy thing it's not like all of a sudden just because you have a lot of people together you're going to succeed, even though it's a like-minded type of network. So, Honestly, I, I really believe that good content knows no gender. And the thing about podcasting is it's relatively in its infancy still. It's really 13 years old, right? Somewhere around there, maybe 15 right. years old. And, you know, women have, have grabbed a, a stronghold in it now in the beginning, and they're building and they're coming up in it. You ladies are, are a perfect example. You've got over 10,000 people in a in a group. So Right. And but again, John, what I'm saying is at the executive level. So I'm talking about the people who are actually making the decisions. That hasn't changed too much. Well, it's because that's the as as you know, my favorite people, the procasters, the the radio people that have been in business forever and it's been run by men. But as podcasting comes up, you're seeing more women getting into a power of position there. And I think it'll happen in podcasting before it ever happens in radio. And that I do agree with for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so shall we um, move on to Weird and Wild Show of the Week? We haven't done one of them in a while. Yes. We have. Yeah. 
Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Show of the The week. Jess, this one's all you. Today, I would like to introduce and talk to you about Dr. Death. Horrifying new podcast, Dr. Death tells the true story of a killer surgeon. This podcast basically covers the story of Dr. Christopher Dunch. Let me just read you the first paragraph of this article on Vice because it is like chilling. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going to do it podcast style. Okay. Metal screws inserted. No. (laughs) Metal screws inserted into the spinal canal. A dissected esophagus. Holes randomly punctured through vertebrae, severed bundles of nerves. This is just some of the horrifying damage Dr. Christopher Dunch inflicted on patients who trusted him over the course of an 18-month botched surgery spree. I love the word spree oh there. Oh, my God. Like a, like a spending spree, but with terrible, terrible surgery. In that time, the Dallas-based oh spinal surgeon maimed more than 30 patients, rendering some paralyzed and leaving at least two dead in what one doctor called an unmitigated atrocity. Now, I know, right? Now, Dunch, who's currently serving a life sentence in prison, is the subject of Dr. Death, a new podcast from Wondery, who created Dirty John. I mean, Wondery's got all the juice. Let me just say that. They've got the juicy, juicy when it comes to interesting stuff. Dirty John was interesting, too. That was about another doctor who I think... It was very interesting. ...fooled his wife, right? Yeah. I couldn't stop listening to Dirty John. I listened to the whole... whole series in one sitting i did I, I went through i couldn't stop listening to it well so it premiered tuesday yeah, september too. 4th I, I did listen to it as well for yeah sure. it premiered yesterday so go ahead and check it out um, how many episodes is it wow. uh let me take a look i don't the thing know. about i have so many questions is, is he just a horrible surgeon or did he do this on purpose oh now i gotta listen well, you have. I mean, yeah, I I haven't listened that to it so yet, crazy. but because I just like realized about the podcast like yesterday. So let me go and take a look. Hold on. Dr. Death. Let me see how many episodes there are. Is it binging or do, is it coming out? I don't know. I just know it's fascinating. Even the cover art is juicy. So far, it has three episodes, a two minute preview, which was like on the 22nd and then Episode one, which is three days in Dallas, and episode two, Chris and Jerry. Hmm. So it looks like it might be like a weekly. Wow. I don't know. It looks so interesting. It already has a thousand reviews. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? That's insane. Yeah, I know. Wow. Right? Well, actually, it seems to me here that it's going to be talking about the healthcare system because one of the things that it says here is that. She says that when it comes to our healthcare system, many of those failed safeguards have still gone unchecked. So it seemed like there's a lot of people who actually knew that he was doing some of these things, but felt powerless to do anything about it, which is kind of um, crazy, shocking to me. Yeah. Right? I mean, isn't it? Isn't it a little shocking? Yeah. I mean, if you knew somebody uh, you was doing, can't... yeah, why wouldn't you stop yeah. that? Right. Anyway, so it but it seems really great. Good weird and wild show of the week there, Jess. Yeah, man, that's a I good like one, it. right? Absolutely. That is a very good one. That's like it's gonna and you know what? I'm actually reading a series right now 
um, of um, this woman, this woman mystery person thingy, Majigger, like the author for this for this book is Chelsea Kane. And um, she has all of this. She has like a series of books that are about this female serial killer. And she is she does stuff like this on purpose as well. But she she will she loves to watch people die. So she will kill them really very, very, very slowly. Like she'll take out like the intestines while they're still alive, really, really, really slow and stuff like that. Like with one of her victims, she took out his spleen while he was alive as well. Um, so she she does all this crazy stuff. But anyway, she's she's still at large and I'm totally hooked. And it sounds like it's, this is kind of the same. It's like the Archie Sheridan and Gretchen Lowell series and i'm on book three and i think there's like six of them so um i (laughs) just thought i'd share that might as well since we're talking about crazy doctors and she because she does stuff like that like she she um was a er nurse for a while and so she learned how to do all of these things she gives people drugs and so that they're awake and all this kind of stuff she's a master manipulator anyway if you guys are interested in some of that stuff you can read those books Anywho, so shall we move to tool tips? Tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. I have the best. What do you have, Jess? I have such a good tool tip. Y'all don't even know. Oh my God. I want you to go to plan with two ends that.com. It is Instagram planning, including your Instagram stories. That's right. I said Instagram stories. So you can visually plan out your whole enchilada, like the grid and everything. And then you can schedule it to go live. So like if you batch things, which sometimes people do, you can then have a story to go out like every Tuesday if you want. So I wanted to show this to you because I just discovered it. And it's not that expensive. I mean, for the biggest unlimitedest plan, it's $12 a month. And that's for you to do. Oh, my God. Unlimited uploads, unlimited stories, unlimited, you know, analytics, strategy tools, editing filters, color theme performance, finding out the best time to post video. And it pulls from Dropbox and Google Drive. Twelve bucks. How do you not do that? I mean, I haven't done it yet because I haven't because I'm confused about Instagram all around. But like, right? No, it's a, it's like you. I mean, yeah, I can totally see how amazing this would be yeah. for someone who is is on Instagram a lot for sure. Oh my gosh, this looks great. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. About wow. It. So yeah, I wanted to tell you guys about that, <gasps> and I'm gonna try it out when I can get my head together around what exactly I'm doing with my Instagram and my content in general. Every couple weeks, I think, man, I really got to figure out what I'm doing. And then I remember what I'm doing. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I'm doing that. And then it starts all over again. <sighs> it's frustrating. Oh um, well, so- okay, so, so what can you tell me uh, what the heck happened with your Twitter account oh my god well before i get into that i just want to say this um okay speaking of instagram if you're listening to this um you know anytime the week of the the week of the 9th or 10th um sue zimmerman who's the instagram expert is going to be doing an instagram takeover on my instagram talking about how to promote your podcast on instagram so follow me on jess kupferman and look for my stories 
this week, Wednesday, Thursday. It'll if you miss it, it'll be a highlight probably on my. She'll probably make a highlight. But like you have to give her your user. The Instagram takeover is kind of a fun idea. Like I gave her my user and password, and then Thursday she's just gonna be like Shazam, hello, I'm Sue, and she's gonna post her in my story that day. So if you want to learn how to promote your podcast Ooh. on Instagram, follow me at Jess Kupferman, Instagram.com forward slash Jess Kupferman. Now let's talk about Twitter because I'm in hell. Oh, yes, you are in hell. I have. Wow. Okay. So like I have 13,000 followers on Twitter. I have had a Twitter account for 10 yes. years. I have been yes. cultivating it, growing it, using it for 10 years. But in the last couple of years, especially when I had a baby, it went on automation. And I think as a result, my engagement went down. And now I think when your engagement goes down, you don't show up in the algorithm, which means that even though I have 13,000 followers, I never have likes, retweets or comments on anything that I post, whether it's funny, whether it's advertising, I don't get diddles. So I did an experiment the other day and I and I posted if you can see this can you please like it cuz I just want to know if you can even see it and at this time it has 66 hearts and 19 comments which you know sounds okay. decent except for when you realize it's 13,000 followers and I did this 2 days ago Could you be shadow banned? Huh? Could you be shadow banned? I don't know what that means. What's shadow ban? No, a shadow ban. I don't think shadow ban happens on Twitter. And also, Jess, oh, Twitter's happens. different than anything else. It's like it, that's why you tweet a lot so that more people can see it. Like it doesn't. It's in real time, so you po- it doesn't keep coming up. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do post a lot, but it's a lot of it's automated. So like. Anyway, I didn't think it was working out. And I thought, you know what? I don't even know who 13,000 of these people. I don't know 13,000 people. I don't know who these people are. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a new account. and I'm going to have everyone follow me over there. And then the people who don't really know me and aren't going to interact with me, they just won't follow me again. And then I was like, you know what? How many places do I have a link that says at Jess Kupferman everywhere? So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move my username to the new account so I changed my username on the original account. So now it's just underscore Kupferman. This way, when people mention me or at me, I'll get it at the new place. So I changed it and I had to change the email. Then I changed then I changed the new one and I changed the new email. So like I'm still getting the same notification. But now everyone has to refollow me at the same username. So I found this service right. called Followers DM where you can pay them. It's like four cents to DM your followers. So like for 12,000 people, it was like $150. So I gave them $150 and now 250 people a day are going to get an, a DM for me that says, hey, this is awkward, but I had an issue with my old account. Can you please refollow me? And either they will or they won't. The a- inactive accounts won't refollow me. The people who don't use Twitter, the people who don't give a shit about what I talk about won't refollow me. And then I'll have a fresh account with people who are engaged and so what if it's 2,000 people, it's still 2,000 people who are going to see what the fuck I say as opposed to 13,000 people who are ignoring me full stop. You know what right. I mean? So it's like oh, the yeah. great Twitter experiment. But like <laughs> I, sh- I don't – the username part is the part where I feel like maybe I messed up. Maybe I should have weeded them out. Maybe I should have just started tweeting more. But 66 people after two days is not – that's not good enough. And I don't want to have to boost like on Facebook every time I say something. That's not fair either. 
Yeah, but that's you just said Facebook, so I know that's what you do on Facebook. But I have a look. I mean, my Facebook page I don't boost, and I get pretty good engagement on face my Facebook page. Like, oh, let me sh- let me go over there. I don't boost anything, and my last Facebook page post got. I mean, it's mostly my Instagram stuff, to be honest. But like, people see it and react to it, at least as far as I can tell. Let me take a look. Okay, this particular one is just a picture, but it got like five likes. And then the thing before that was Isaac riding the rides, one share, 15 likes. And then the one before that, I mean, still, but for not paying for it, I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, the next, the one after that was like three comments, 50 likes. Like, that's 2,500 people, and that's doing better than an account on Twitter with 13,000. I just think that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I guess, you know, it's so funny. It's like I haven't gone in there enough to notice any of that stuff for myself. <laughs> what do you mean? What was that? You don't notice what? I don't ever look at <clears throat> retweets or likes or anything like that. Like, I remove that from my vision altogether. So I'm always surprised when I go in there. I'm like, oh. How about that? It's all right. But imagine if you felt like you were talking to no one all the time. It's not that I notice. It's that I get no response. I can't ask a question. I can't make a quip. I can't do anything and get a response. It's lonely. It's really lonely. I know Twitter, other people say Twitter's their favorite thing. So it's like, well, I mean, even you love Twitter. So it's like, well, how did I botch this so terribly? I just want to start it over yeah, and well, see I, I, if I can get something out of it. Because otherwise, why have Twitter at all? 13,000 people who tell you nothing is not better than nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Don't you think? Yeah, that, that's true. And it's like, you know, what's really interesting is like, I use Twitter for amplification. And I'm not talking uh, like meaning that I, I see things that exactly. I really love and I just want to... I want to amplify it or I there's an article that I really find interesting and I'd like to amplify that once in a while I will actually respond to somebody like usually if I see mm-hmm. somebody uh, write a tweet that I really love I will retweet it with a comment but I don't really I don't often engage in an actual conversation with somebody because of what they tweeted um, I amplify it. Like that's my way of saying thank you or my way of, of paying tribute or whatever. And then, of course, if people reach out to me directly and they say, like, I just got a couple of questions from somebody from the feed that had a question about something I said. Can you clarify that? And then I do. Right. And so those are the things. And then I will respond to direct questions. But I don't actually and again i think that maybe that aligns with my introverted self like i don't really care if anybody's hearing me at all i just kind of want to amplify it (laughs) well so i did kind of reconsider as soon as i paid the money i was like what have i done what if they can come back to me like there's all these kind of famous social media people that follow me that may not do it again right yeah yeah i hear you it kind of concerns me. So then I was like, maybe I should cancel the thing. But it was already too late. People were, the DMs were already going out. People were already starting to follow me at the other place. And now I'm just like, well, now I don't know what to do. Do I just cancel right. it all well, together? It is now the great podcasting experiment. Twitter experiment. That but is yeah. what this is. Twitter, Twitter experiment, for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, what, I mean, what, what it's, 
Yeah. What does one do? What would John, what would you have done? I mean, you've changed your handle a couple times. I have changed my name and my handle a couple times. I know you say that this doesn't happen, but I had the same problem with one of my accounts and Twitter does have a shadow banning banning thing so what and is it's th- a real thing. And I dropped a couple of articles into Trello that talk about it. And basically what I had to do is I had to go buy an ad on Twitter for them on to Twitter? stop shadow banning me so my stuff would show up. So maybe that's just what I need to do. And if you're on automat, if everything's automated on your Twitter, I would probably say ninety percent that you're shadow banned, and nobody's paying attention, and no one can see right. your stuff. Right. So that being said, I would check that first. But now, if you're now you're having, but two how accounts. does you, how do you know if you're where do you find that? Well, I, no, I don't. I don't think it's something we should go into here for the simple fact that. It's kind of complicated, and the two articles I put in there will talk to you about being shadow banded. Then you can look, go through that and find out. But I was shadow banned on one of my podcast accounts, and I went in and bought an ad, and immediately, by, whoa, look at this, everything started showing up on everybody's feed. So they just, it was almost like I had to pay a, a Twitter fine, a $50 oh, Twitter fine. That's weird. That's so bizarre. Yeah, and I don't like Twitter for that simple fact because all of a sudden, if again, this was for the show that I do. There's a comedy show that's it's a little racy. I'll give you that. And then if people complain about it or what I put on Twitter, you know, then I get a shadow banned from Twitter. They don't even tell you. They don't even tell you you're shadow banned. You got to go find out through a third party. Then you find out. Then you say, hey, guess what, uh, Twitter? I would love to buy some ads. How do I do that? And they go, oh, yeah, here, buy this. And you do that. And all of a sudden, amazingly, your uh, Twitter, everything starts showing up at everybody else's feed. So, yeah, it's almost like a little Twitter fine for being whatever. But, you know, Twitter doesn't like the uh, because of everything that happened during the election. They are very, very conscious of any kind of automation. Yeah. And Elsie and I were doing this whole retweet, retweet, retweet thing. So it's possible through meet edgar that i did get shadow banned i would check that but now you're you're half in the boat you're half out of the boat so i don't think i know what do i do i can't stop this auto dm from happening i want it to but i can't i think you're i think you've already made your mind up i think you're getting a new account uh it happens i mean i don't know how to get it to stop i asked them if it would stop and i can't get it to stop yeah Honestly, yeah, I get more engagement on Instagram than I, I think Instagram and Facebook is where I get my most engagement. Twitter, not so much. Yeah. it's Twitter's yeah. like the wild, wild west of social media. It is. It really is. What was that movie where it was called The Purge? <laughs> Twitter's like the purge of social media. That is one step above Reddit. Reddit's the worst, then Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Reddit is, I'm a, f- I'm. I'm almost afraid to go there. That's how scary it is. Yes. Yeah, I don't go into Reddit at all. And I think that, you know, what I do with Twitter, at least from my personal account, I have a list that I follow and that list has 26 people. I mean, I follow really a little bit amount of people. I I mean, given what I I have over 5,000 people following me, I only follow around 600 or something. And I generally go in there and I stop following more people too, because I really want to get specific. But even beyond that, I have a list 
of people that I, when I go into Twitter, I open up this list. It's usually, I think it's less than 20 people on that list. And that's all whose tweets I read. Like I don't read anybody else's tweets, just those people's tweets. And that's it because I don't go in there for any other reason other than that. Occasionally, I would look at my total feed from Twitter and then I'll check my at replies. And then on on Libsyn, I'm constantly responding to people. So it's a that is a very engaged account. I'm constantly responding to people, retweeting people, engaging with people and that kind of stuff. But I don't go in there to read like I don't I also don't go into Twitter for the Lipson account to read my feed. Like the feed like people that we're following on Twitter. I don't do that. It's all content output and engaging with people who are engaging with our content. That's what it is. So I don't read anybody else's stuff unless you are at replying me or you are engaging with our content in some way. If you're responding directly to something I've put out. So So now I'm getting anxiety thinking about it. Well, I got it. Well, I'm sorry to bring this up, but I got anxiety about it because I know you had all of those followers. I was like, that's 13,000 followers. She's just thrown out. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they were all bought. And that's the other thing. It's like Twitter's now looking to a lot of those accounts and seeing the balance of bots because there's so many bots out there. And I feel that Twitter is just like John mentioned earlier, they're trying to clean up the mess that Twitter has become. And so there are so many automated accounts that are bots and they are there just to mess things up. And they really started to clean a lot of that stuff up. I don't know. Maybe you had a lot of bots following you. Who knows? I mean, I have no idea. And maybe there's a a way that people measure that, the Twitter people. I don't know. But the other thing is, too, Jess, that your account kind of was a bot. It was basically all automated. It was stuff that was all set up. So it was basically a bot account. So I don't really know how to – right. So I don't know how to get it to go back to a normal account. You would probably have to – I I would read those two articles. And then what happens is you're going to have to remove all that and actually get in there and mix it up with some people. You're going to have to engage. You're going to have to be like, yeah, I, know. I have mix been, it up but with it's not people. working. You have to be like Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> engage. It hasn't been working. So I don't know. And not only that, but I have this DM campaign and I can't get it to stop. Well, I think now that this when this goes out, it's supposed to go out for two months, John. No, no. Wait, hang on. Don't yell at me. What I'm saying is when this show goes out, I'm sure a lot of our dear listeners will be able to tell you we've probably had more experience with this than we have, and they might come up with something that would help you out. The only thing I can think of to yeah. do is to change that Twitter account and deactivate this one or change that. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'll change oh, the no. username over there. I'm just going to change the username so that the account, the campaign can stop. Do you know what I mean? I, I guess. But then the other thing is that maybe if you use your Facebook, which you get a lot of engagement in, maybe if you ask the people on Facebook about your Twitter, they might help you. Yeah, maybe. That's true. I mean, because you're in the middle of the things. It's like you always see that's what happens, Jess. It's like in the middle of the stuff, you make these choices because it's like, I want to make just make it stop. And it's like, wait. It's so like, you're on. like in the middle. It's like, hold hey. On. My boat's sinking. Wait a minute. Let me jump in the lifeboat. Oh, this isn't I working. Know. Let me drill a hole in the lifeboat. Now you've got two I know. boats it's sinking. Called, it's called impulsivity. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think we should. Oh. Let's try to back down on that impulsivity a little bit. 
I'm going to try and fix the account I have and deactivate the other one. But first, I have to make sure that this campaign stops. That's all. Right? Uh-huh. That's what you're advising me to do? I would say I would reach out to the people through Facebook and see if they have a better suggestion before you go tearing in and, t- and burning the place down. That's what I would do. Yeah. You'll know by this afternoon. You'll get engagement and people will tell you. Yeah. Then if it does, no one says anything, then just go in there and burn the place down. That's my suggestion. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Anytime. You've been so helpful to me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. You. So on cl- on closing, we are going to talk about our super squad again. Our Patreon. Dude, girl. She podcast super squad. So check it out. Elsie and I have devised a way where you can get our one-on-one attention each once a week in our new Facebook group just for paid Patreon members called the She Podcast Super Squad. It is open to both males and females and all of the genders. And it is going to be fantastic. So I'm going to do a live QA every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and Elsie on Tuesdays at 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific. She'll be doing a live QA through a post. So it's kind of like office hours. I don't know if you've ever seen anyone do office hours in a group. Um, you are all invited. It costs $5 on our Patreon. So if you want to sh- if you want to shine up, if you'd like to shine up, sweetie, it is <laughs> Patreon, patreon.com forward slash she podcast. You pay $5 a month and you are in. It's an exclusive group. Um, it's brand new and it has all the she podcast supporters that are on the $5 level so please join us i want to answer all your questions i know lc does too patreon.com forward slash she podcast and then you get to join the super squad you get a um an email response where you can then you can get the directions and do what you gotta do yo i know it seems like it's really it's nice to be able to have that there and we can get you know some questions answered and what's really cool is that a lot of the people that are in the Super Squad are not necessarily newbie, newbie podcasters. So they've been around for a while. And it, it's nice to be able to answer questions that uh, expand the scope of what we can do. You know, I had some growth questions come up. We had some RSS feed questions come up. So there's all kinds of things that are happening in there. And also, you know, Jess and I might be creating some extra bonus content for you guys. Not educational, not something that you're going to miss out if you don't listen to our show, but just some fun things that are more about the, you know, the behind the scenes of Jess and Elsie. And um, it should be fun. And it's really just available to our Super Squad members because I know you guys love us. That's why you're supporting us. So it'll be just kind of like bonus stuff. You might get an insight into the goats. <laughs> Exactly. The goat updates only coming to the super squad. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Please Yay. check out our show notes at shepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shepodcast. Our group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash shepodcast. That one is free. The super squad, again, is $5 at patreon.com forward slash shepodcast. Please email us if you have any feedback about my Twitter debacle or anything else feedback at shepodcast.com Elsie and John thank you so much for your participation in today's show yay love you we're glad to participate and we will see you guys next week bye 
No love you mean it? I said love you mean it. You didn't hear me. Love you. Mean it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 